Instagram itself. Well, they have like a yeah. metric. Um, that's cool. Um, that's such a like f you from Instagram. They're just like, yeah, look how much of your life you waste. <laughs> You're gonna keep yeah. doing it again, you fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they do kind of like, at least they don't show it to you like when you open up the app. Yeah, that, that would really be like a middle finger. If it if it just like whenever you open up the app, it's like you're in hour number four of using Instagram today. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just like a sad face that rolls across the screen, but you're just like, I know. <laughs> like that that meme of the the guy that says how you doing buddy and then he just says yeah <laughs> you <seen> that? <laughs> no uh, but that sounds about right um well okay I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it hmm. welcome to the terminally offline podcast yeah. where i reference memes in real life and ben has a flip phone and I don't understand the references. <laughs> <laughs> and also, my I'm I'm Nathan, and I'm Ben, the guy he was talking about. <laughs> um, cool. So today we're gonna talk about the Green Knight. Nut. <clears throat> yeah. Wait, is, is, is topical. We <laughs> no. can get into that. We, we will. Can, yeah. There's no way we're gonna avoid that. <laughs> Any time that I've ever like, uh, so at work, a couple of people were like, "Hey, man." Um, I'm gonna go see a movie this weekend. Any idea what I should see? I'm like, have you seen The Green Knight yet? And they're like, oh no, I've been wanting to see that. And I'm like, okay, if you see it, just just text me. Then <laughs> I saw the scene. <laughs> that's all I need yeah. to know, and you'll know it when it happens. And they're like, okay. Yeah, that's because I I don't know. I felt weird about recommending it to people. Some for for that <laughs> reason, because I'm like your well, parents, <laughs> yeah, and and it's like I don't want to necessarily like. Okay, my parents are a different story because my dad like reads everything about a movie before going into it, but like mm. the experience of seeing it, knowing like virtually nothing about it, is like not something that I want to take away from anybody. Okay, hold on. You know what I mean? You have to say that again. Sorry. But like I I wouldn't want to just the experience that like that we had of uh-huh. watching it without knowing anything about it is I wouldn't want to take that from somebody by telling them like a, the the exact content of the movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Which, that sound effect I just made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so I guess we, I was thinking we would have, like, we can just talk about generally our, like, just general feelings about it and then get into specifics kind of thing. But, okay. um, yeah. If, I mean, if you want, we can just mention what we've off the bat been talking about, which is there is, kind of in the third act of the movie there is a um cum stain that ends up being like a central plot device yeah <laughs> <laughs> not uh, in the children's poem yeah 
And it's not. I actually read the the story after watching the movie because mm. I just wanted to see if it gets quite as like insane and yeah, just like dreamlike and surreal. Mm. And there is kind. There is an element of like. I don't know. There's a there's a similar like ethereal feeling, I would say. But there's. Well, first of all, there's not any of that explicit weird sex stuff yeah. um, in in the poem, and it's I don't know. Like I feel like all the changes that they made made it a much more like interesting movie yeah definitely because they were like in um yeah there's like stuff they changed about yeah different characters that just make them more interesting i think and it because the the poem itself is very much a product like it's very of its time, I feel mm. like. Mm -hmm. And if you made something that was, tried to make something that was that faithfully of its time into a movie, it would just not work that well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was, I think that's actually a pretty good point. Is like, who <laughs> besides A24 would have taken something so just like eh, of a story I and mean, it's not the worst story in the world but it's also like it's nothing to write home about in yeah. my opinion and then just make it in my opinion one of the best movies of 2021 yeah for sure yeah it's like definitely one of my favorite favorite movies that i've seen this year and like maybe even one of my favorite movies ever like hmm. i mean i don't know what so is that, that's like, I guess you're like just assessment of how you feel about the movie. Is that like a good summary? Is that it's like one of the best movies of this year? Definitely. Kind of yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the bar is a little bit low because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, but it did come, to be fair, it did come out, I think before things really started to open up again. And so they kind of shot their shot of like putting a good movie out there for no one to see. Yeah. Like that was an it was choice. it was kind of during that nebulous time where like so, some things are kind of open but like yeah it was it's not still like wasn't now. Yeah, it still wasn't uh super clear where things were heading. Mm -hmm. Which I guess it's still not but that's true that's true but that's life so yeah and you know For what sure. else teaches us about life the green knight yeah there yeah um yeah it tell it has a very the david lowry the director the other movie that i've seen of his is um a ghost story i think i've i mentioned it to you before i think so but that has also, like, I think that's something he's very interested in, is kind of like, yeah, just making movies that touch on, like, 
yeah, just like kind of the meaning of, well, the meaning of life is kind of a, a general thing, but like, mm. yeah, about like legacy and kind of how you're remembered mm. and how like you live and stuff. Because mm. a ghost story is about um, basically a guy and his wife are living together and then in the very beginning he like dies and is haunting his house mm -hmm. and oh yeah that one i haven't seen it but i remember yeah and he's like he's trailer. like in a sheet actually and stuff I didn't see seen? that part but that oh. just to me that sounds kind of goofy but <laughs> it, yeah but it's like um yeah i would i would say um if you if you liked the Green Knight, I think you would um, at least find it interesting. Definitely, you're I, maybe. I, I mean, I know you're not as much of like a film bro as me. Like, <laughs> uh, no. um, well, kind what, of. What A twenty four movies have you seen besides this? Great question. I don't pay attention to who produces it. Yeah, so exactly. I, th I, I think have. that that kind of proves my point is like I'm always looking at IMDb yeah. and stuff. Yeah. When I'm watching a movie, so actually a little not to get too far off topic, but like something that kind of the whole like me getting offline and getting like sucked into technology and stuff. I've actually found that I have to kind of buffer and limit the amount of movies that I watch because my brain just wants to latch on to all the different like things that people are trying to portray in the movies, right? The A24, they're trying to portray like legacy and, or not A24, but just David Lowry, right? That's his name. Yeah. And just legacy and um, that kind of stuff. Like all of a sudden, I'll, like, I'll watch that movie and all of a sudden legacy will be very important to me. Mm. And I'll just kind of go about my life for the next week, like all of a sudden, like, like legacy is important, and I'll be like, wait, what? Why? I don't really care about this that much, yeah. you know. So I have to like buffer a little bit. But anyway, that was just a little bit off topic. But yeah, well, definitely, I think. I think I that's would like how, it. That's how should movies like should affect you. I think. Yeah. So yeah. I th I don't think you're like in the wrong there. I think I just have to like just be careful with it. Mm. But but like that's like if I'd rather watch like one A24 movie every uh like once a month than watch like one like crappy Adam Sandler movie w once a week. Yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it was that's and, and then there's another one like at a trailer that was going during the Green Knight was that one where like the lamb people, lamb, yeah, yeah, yeah. or something that looks interesting. I think that I think it is out right now, huh? but I mean, I have I've been kind of busy, and it's like the devil to get a hold of you now. So uh, I'm like, huh. yeah, just make sure um, you text me on my work phone. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, I haven't exactly been like rushing to go to the theater to see it as yeah. as much as I was with this movie. Hmm. 
Um, yeah. So I guess we can kind of go through, uh, I don't know, just kind of summarize the movie, I guess. I mean, yeah. we, I, th I think the, I guess the, the target audience that I'd had in mind is kind of people who have already seen it. Yeah. Cause we're going to talk about a lot of specifics. Then. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, so basically, I mean, if you know about the story of the Green Knight, it's kind of like that, except it gets a little weird. Um, it gets A24'd. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you haven't seen it, then probably we're going to spoil some stuff at this point. Yeah. Um, it's worth watching, I will say. As someone who doesn't watch movies all the time, it's it's not so, like it would be worth it for you to go watch it and then listen to this. So, for what that's worth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you click off, if you click off of this at this point, this movie has both has like well at least for me it has like a glowing recommendation I love absolutely everything about it. Um, I think it's it should have like a disclaimer on it for being a little bit hard to watch. Yeah, for how good it is. Like don't go, don't take your first date to go see. <laughs> yeah, the this Green is Knight. this is maybe like a date date. Five or six, or 14, I would say, maybe. or like, or yeah, or like thirty-two. <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah, it is. Um. So it just yeah, it doesn't shy away from just like making you really uncomfortable. Like there's this, um, like the main character is like this knight who's kind of supposed to be like noble and like have you know knightly qualities but in the first like 20 minutes he gets just like completely beat up and is like you know by these thieves that kind of take all his stuff and then he's like begging for his life and like crying almost so yeah um it's pretty honest and it's also that specific the end of that scene um the camera pans at like franklin the turtle pace yeah like it's not supposed to make you like it's not it's not a very uh dopamine inducing movie i would say it's more like it's definitely more intellectual yeah yeah intellectual you know I mean? is a good word like dopamine would be like michael bay or something yeah. like that yeah it's not, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that 
Michael Bay would make a movie where the camera spends like five minutes doing two 360 degree turns <laughs> and during one of those the main character is a corpse uh-huh. and then he just kind of comes back when the camera comes back um it's no big deal yeah yeah so actually going back to kind of it versus have you did so it sounded like you actually had read the story also did you I, through, like, looking up YouTube stuff, I heard enough people, like, reference to it throughout of what it actually, like, what the movie did and what the poem actually did. Mm. I haven't read the whole poem, but I get the gist. Yeah. Well, basically, and I mean, you've probably seen people touch on this, like, kind of the only thing that really happens and is like described in full detail in the poem the story is the whole castle part like all the stuff leading up to it the the thief like whatever you call it the ambush part mm-hmm. um and like the the meeting with uh, St. Winifred, where she's a ghost, and were the were the giants before? After they were before Winifred. the castle. Oh, before, yeah. Yeah. All of that is kind of like, just, it basically just says, oh, he like, traveled for this many days, and there were like, a, a lot of troubles kind of came his way, basically. Ooh, excuse me. Yeah. Which doesn't lend itself... I mean, I guess they, too, they do spend a lot more time in the story at, like, the beginning part. Um, like, there's kind of the, the part where the Green Knight shows up and then they like the year goes by and he actually is there like they spend more time with him leading up to when he leaves um mm-hmm. but other than that it doesn't exactly lend itself that well to like the structure of a movie mhm um yep product of its time yeah yeah exactly um so yeah i mean i we kind of we kind of skipped over the beginning which is like not as uncomfortable but still um and there's still kind of this like surreal dreamy quality to it like Mm -hmm. i think that well there's that that opening shot of like the 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 weird the thing where the the crown comes down on the wire it's like this kind of artistic like thesis statement i guess for the whole movie and then i think pretty much the first shot after that is like just this 
area within the city where like there's some people wrangling livestock in the front and then there's kind of just this building that is randomly on fire in the back and they don't nobody is like doing anything about it no um probably symbolism of a sort yeah yeah it's definitely um i think it's supposed to kind of speak to like how at least in this version of the story the whole kingdom is kind of in its like later like a state of decay i guess because like actually the hmm. yeah arthur is like getting pretty old mm -hmm. and like his only the person that he's like is kind of looking to to like take over for him is like kind of banging a prostitute and mm -hmm. like not doing anything with <laughs> his life so yeah I, I i guess that it that is kind of a theme also is like the yeah the the whole the whole arthur kingdom kind of being on the way out yeah that's a good point because it kind of for the most part we're taking on a journey of i guess not sir at the time but gowing you know we're taking yeah. on his journey but i guess something that the entire like in the hardest times to pay attention in the movie for me i always kept like the thing that kept me attached was just like why why and it was like that's a great point like it starts out with that random like house in the or like castle or whatever it was in the background on fire it, i guess that kind of like starts it out as why is like look this is like crumbling and um hmm. this guy is like he's like the the only hope i suppose somehow but yet he's yeah. like in need of shaping up so it just kind of it keeps you like you see like and it's definitely dark and ominous too like it's not there's no there's no question about that the like the state of the kingdom is like there's no question that it's bad and so yeah. it just definitely it makes you want to keep watching to see Gawain's progress because you want him to come back a better man to save the kingdom and we'll talk about where he's coming back from and stuff but yeah. yeah and um i had something that i was gonna say um well that's something that again is different from the source material is like if if gawain is a shitter in the book he is like not nearly as much of a shitter mm. um really yeah huh. they kind of they kind of just say oh he's like you know he is well he is a knight um in the, in the yeah and he's they're just like right. oh he kind of you know does knight stuff hmm. and that's kind of all the 
the character characterization they give you at the start hmm. um like in the in the movie or in the start of the book in the poem? start of the in the start of the poem mm, okay um but i think there's definitely the movie kind of comments on like how the expectations of like nightly behavior quote unquote are maybe like actually end up being kind of <laughs> bad um hmm. but i think yeah kind of making him a very just yeah kind of not likable person at the beginning i think kind of speaks to the point of like oh maybe him doing nightly stuff is like actually him just being kind of a corrupt like spoiled um individual So, okay, yeah, that's an, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at that. Um, but they also, like, when you were saying, like, it kind of, it kind of just makes you think why he's doing it. That's another way that it kind of comments on how the expectations are realistic, because the whole point of it is he's when he takes the challenge from the green knight cuts off his head and then like everybody you know the green knight picks his head up off the ground and then everybody is just kind of like well you have to go through with you it yourself <laughs> yeah and but it's like everybody knows that like if this the thing that he's doing plays out how it's supposed to that he will just be dead like he will be going on this big journey just to die yeah at the end yeah um in but it's still like oh you know you have to uphold the agreement and like um Arthur says some like BS about oh you sh you know oh yeah that's right um what did he say he it's like oh you know I it, this is your chance for you to like make something of yourself oh yeah that's right but yeah. like I guess that answer is probably why. just gonna die <sighs> yeah I mean it's in like an immortal tree yeah. <laughs> I just like that's a that's actually a pretty good point. I was the whole time you were thinking about all or thinking about all this, saying all this, I was thinking back to when I was watching the movie and I remember specifically thinking when when the Green Knight walks so the the way that it plays out, um, they're all having Christmas feast, right? Mm -hmm. The Christmas feast, Christmas feast, and um they're all they seem to be enjoying themselves and then all of a sudden <clears throat> They just hear galloping and then just thudding, just like loud, ominous thuds. Um, time slows down. And then this down. like really, um, like 
it's all it's almost like an over the top on ominous like score yes like yeah there's a which the the score is like great i love it the guy the composer well actually i found out the soundtrack album was mixed at a studio i've been to good danny's hmm. um which is kind of cool That's but cool. the composer also worked on that other david lauer movie ghost story mm. and the both both of the scores are like just brilliant mm. um but yeah there's like this whole kind of there's like a, i guess a female choir or like one singer that's being overdubbed a bunch of times but she kind of just goes and it's like this yeah it was creepy over the top yeah creepy super like, creepy for just like some like tree to walk in and yeah be like, hey guys <laughs> cut my head off but yeah so he walks in and he gives this christmas challenge and our duel or i don't remember exactly the wording but it's, well that's the um i will say the one thing that I maybe can say that I didn't like about the movie is they have these kind of title cards that come up. Oh, that's right. In in different like they kind of section off the movie into like chapters, mm, and which the, is cool. Yeah, the first one says like Sir Gawain and the Christmas Game, but it's in this like medieval calligraphy like font, and some of them are just Dude, illegible. <laughs> Like later, that. later on, the, yeah, there were. Wasn't there that one that was just like like seven ends in a yeah. row? <laughs> it's like later on in the movie, it's just like n. <laughs> um, I think probably probably the last two or three that like or not the not the journey home one is readable, but they're like two or three in the middle that you're just like I have no clue what and what that what that said like <laughs> i remember that and that was like the only thing that like grounded me because my head was just so lost in the sauce of like a24 that like all of a sudden i just see this like n n n n n n n n on the screen i was able to laugh and like come back to earth like oh shit the reality's real okay cool i'm back yeah that's a good that's a really good point because i remember thinking like what the fuck and then it was also like a little bit too fast too like all of a sudden, it would just like flash on the screen. You'd have to like you know lean forward and be like, "Oh shit, what does it say? What does it say?" Yeah. And then like it would disappear within like two seconds, and you're like, "Oh great, now I don't know what's going on." But that also could sum up the entire movie. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, it doesn't seem like Gowan did either. So I guess yeah. we're all just in the same journey together. But so the 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 Christmas challenge gets presented by the green knight and uh he pretty much says if anyone dares uh you know whatever blow that you uh serve to me i will serve to you come next christmas and so uh gowing i always thought it was kind of weird that gowing didn't just like like flick his nipple or something like yeah. that like well it's yeah because um I guess it's like this thing where he's really just trying to be headstrong and prove himself because or um kind of at the the opening of that the whole banquet scene um Arthur is kind of like um well I think I think he says it generally to everybody and then he kind of singles out Gawain like you um 
you should tell me a story of like something crazy that you've done oh, and he's like sorry i forgot about I, don't that. Know, I just bang prostitutes <laughs> you know yeah um so yeah um he kind of yeah you can continue if you want yeah there, so he but. i'll just finish it so like to paint a little better picture so yeah he gawain uh takes a sword to the green knight's neck Chops his head off, and then, like Nathan said, just you know, the Green Knight ultimately ends up standing up, grabbing his head, and just, just kind of like maniacally laughs while riding off on his horse, saying, "I'll, s- I'll be back on Christmas Day." Yeah. <laughs> Not that, but you know, what, just yeah, whatever. Basically, he says. yeah. He says like, "Yeah, one year hence." Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yes. And then, yeah, there's kind of this immediate, like, everybody's just kind of shrugs and is like, well, you kind of have to, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, guess guess you'll die. Like, I guess I'll die, but guess you'll die. Um, It's worth mentioning that the what was her name uh morgan or the morgana yeah yeah morgana yeah. well i think yeah why did she bring it about well yeah that's another whole aspect that again they changed from the story is i kind of didn't like put it together when i was watching it the first time but i guess the implication is that yeah there's kind of a spell that Morgana, who is also Gawain's mom in this in the movie, um, like does this spell that kind of makes the Green Knight or like brings him, like summons him or something. Um, I kind of thought, like just from me watching it, I kind of thought maybe it was like a prophecy thing, mm. but. Um, it definitely, I, I can see why people read it as like her kind of summoning him because, um, it does make sense. Um, I guess prophecy would be a little bit more optimistic and just make more sense because ultimately she did give him that, the sash of like the one that he wouldn't fall, harm wouldn't fall him, you know, befall him if he was wearing it. So if she, if it was like a prophecy and she like, you can't help a prophecy, right? That just comes about. So yeah. if that happens and it's your son, you're like, oh shit, like I got to protect him. Like as much as I can, I'm a mom, you know, what else am I going to do? But then like, I get, I mean, honestly, it didn't look like a prophecy to me. It looked like straight up witchcraft and it looks like she brought it about and then yeah. directly like contra, not controversial, just like went against what she did and then gave him a sash. Well, it also... That also makes sense because if you're the mom of this dude who is like, you can kind of tell that Arthur is kind of looking to him to be his successor and all he does is like bang prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe... Um, 
maybe you do want to kind of manufacture a narrative for him to be kind of become more of a hero. Do you think she knew that, like, do you think she knew that Gowan was going to go for the jugular? Like, because like, yeah, I don't know. Because that was up to him, you know. Like, yeah. I don't think she could have manufactured that. Maybe she was just like hoping he'd like go for an arm or something like that, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then he like because I kind of remember, I could be wrong, but I swear that like he went for the neck and everyone was like, oh, I guess you die. And then like the mom just had this look of like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong. And then and then I guess maybe the oh shit moment led to her making him that sash because then she yeah. was like oh i fucked up but yeah he still has well, to go yeah that yeah kind of makes you think well if you go fast forward to the ending it kind of seems like you know because there's that whole he meets up you know the the green knight wakes up and then there's like the initial confrontation and then he either actually runs away or like kind of see in his mind's eye like runs away and the whole rest of his life plays out and then we come back to him in the where he's at and he like takes the sash off and he says I'm ready now and the green knight doesn't kill him right away um which I guess we can talk about interpretations of what maybe is supposed to have happened in the ending but maybe like no harm was gonna befall him anyway and that you know was part I mean? of the spell kind of thing. Well, yeah, if that's, I mean, if this is, the whole thing is just a narrative that his mom manufactured hmm. and she was kind of in, you know, controlling the whole thing through magic, like, would she have, yeah, made it so that, that he part, was too. ever in danger any, yeah. in Anyway. In the first place, yeah, you know? that's a that's a that's a pretty good point. I hadn't thought that far down. I mean, that actually, I mean that that wouldn't surprise me one bit. That also would that that still makes me question the importance of the sash. Like, I don't fully understand why it was so important. Because, like, I understand the a lot of the symbolism and stuff with that's attached to it. But the thing that catches me up is like, I don't know, maybe stories are different nowadays, but like if I was telling that story, if I was Gowan, I would have like, the sash seems to be only of importance to me, not to the listener, mm. you know? And so like, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of interesting that such a small thing like that sash became such an important part of the plot and important to Gawain. It was almost like, I mean, I guess we see it throughout the whole movie that he's constantly like wincing. He's constantly like 
like like when the giants go and they like try to touch him he like oh, shies yeah. away you know like he's constantly like like got his guard up mm-hmm. and then i guess like at the end he finally like he's the one who ultimately chooses to take the sash off and yeah i guess that's just a like that's just a really interesting thing for if the mom did manufacture the entire thing that like that's an interesting thing to throw in there that's pretty cool yeah um yeah i don't know what it i mean definitely there's like the whole there is a lot of kind of i guess symbolism that kind of ends up being attached to that sash because it's involved in the whole um coom yeah <laughs> coom stain <laughs> scene um but yeah i get that is interesting to point out that it like yeah doesn't make a lot of sense in that in the context of in like the literal world of the story yeah exactly um but it's very important to Gawain yeah I mean it's probably of the utmost um yeah so we kind of I mean they kind of every part of this movie like I know, at least for me, I could go like on and on about, um, but I guess main plot points we kind of skipped over. <laughs> we skipped to the very end, um, <clears throat> but going back, well, I think that's kind to, of the beauty of the movie is you kind of, <laughs> it's all like intertwined. You have to go to the end, yeah, to like uh, to understand it as as a whole, mm-hmm. as a yeah, I guess a, a cohesive thing. You kind of have <laughs> to look at the whole arc of it, yeah. Um, but I'd well, I should say too, I've been saying that like all he does is bang prostitutes. That the the prostitute that he is banging though is like actually like really nice. Hmm. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's but true. Yeah, he is also <laughs> he is really like shitty to her because of her like status. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I don't know. I d- I don't know if I started swearing first or if you did. But I, d- I don't Probably know if me. we're supposed to avoid it or not. But Ooh, that would suck. Yeah, I can just I can uh, I can bleep it. Maybe can you? Yeah, okay, probably. Good. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't Oops. know. I pro- I probably started it because I have a potty mouth. But um, <laughs> no, that goes here too. Yeah. Um. So, but he kind of is. Yeah, she is like seems like a nice enough person, despite where she has ended up in her life. Mm-hmm. Um. And he kind of you get the sense that they have he. They they are like in love, you know, like they have a relationship, but he still is kind of because of her status. Like she says, Oh, you should um when you become king, you should like make me your lady. You should marry me and he is kinda like 
or no? <laughs> doesn't 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 really give an answer. Uh, um, yeah. Hey, bitch, listen. Yeah. Uh, no. Which, yeah, ha, ca, is given significance again when the the like beautiful lady of the castle looks exactly like that girl is the same actress for some reason was it really um yes yes it was they were they were the same oh, actress shoot wow i didn't i don't think i remember that that's cool well but you remember you remember that they look like eerily similar i remember least. some but i thought i was thinking that about winifred saint winifred Oh, well, they, she does kind of look like the princess that he marries in the, like, the vision, the, yeah, flash forward, maybe it happened, maybe it was, yeah, him just thinking about it, like, future life that he does after he runs away from the Green Knight, that, but I don't think that was the same actress. But the prostitute girl that he's like, uh, you know, that he's in love with, um, is the same actress as the lady in the blue dress. Hmm. Um, hmm. which I guess that I, there's probably a whole load of like analysis you could do to that, but I, I, the most the what I'm thinking of right now is like kind of the fact that it's it's kind of just saying like all that's different about these two women is like their social context kind of thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and I guess their haircuts their haircuts were different but, yeah The actress is probably wearing a wig, so it's like, yeah, well, yeah, is <laughs> she could just as easily have been wearing a wig, but um, yeah, there is that. Um, about Saint Winifred though, that part to me is, at least in terms of like bigger kind of sections. Mm -hmm. is the part that felt the most like a horror movie to me. Hmm. Like the people, I've seen people call it like kind of that it's within the horror genre. I don't know if I agree, but like definitely. Like the movie as a whole? Yeah. Hmm. But definitely that, the the whole thing with, yeah, how kind of when she first shows up, she's like a jump scare and then. I remember specifically when he's kind of, he has her skull and then it kind of like randomly is just her actual head. That was, that like actually gave me chills. Like that was <laughs> really like, yeah, just like a chilling moment. Um, just because it's like, yeah so unexpected and it's like um yeah yeah i i'm gonna be honest with you i don't 
remember too much about the Winifred part. For some reason, that part was like pretty insignificant to me, mm. honestly, and I just kind of glossed over it. I don't remember too much <laughs> about it. Well, yeah, it's that whole, um, like, he kind of, I don't remember if it's after the, like, mushroom trip kind of, <laughs> like, literal mushroom trip scene, um, but he is, like, caught in the rain, and he ends up just kind of finding this random little house, um... And with that is seemingly empty, but he um, he's woken up in the middle of the night by yeah, this this lady who turns out to be the ghost of Saint Winifred, um, just saying like, "Why are you in my bed, bro?" Hmm. Um, and basically. Um, there, there's a bunch of stuff too with, so she was killed by somebody who basically was trying to rape her. Hmm. Um, oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah. And there's a, there's a whole thing too, where she kind of weirdly is like, randomly as she's like saying different things is like, to Gawain, like, oh, was that you? Like, that killed she, her? Yeah. Like, she almost can't, like, tell. Um, um. Yeah. Who, hmm. she can't, she can't tell between the, the person who killed her and Gawain. And she also just, like, um, I can't remember what. There are a couple points. I get. I think he says. So she. She says that her head is at the bottom of this lake, and he has to swim down, and go get it. Hmm. And he says something like, "What do I get? Like, what do I get from it?" And she's like, "Why would you ever say that? Like, I'm. I'm pretty sure she says verbatim, like three times. Why? Yeah. Why would you ever ask anybody that? Um." But that's Which, still not, I mean, I don't know. I, I can, I think that's, <laughs> that part that you're talking about right now actually kind of pissed me off a little bit. And I just kind of like, yeah, what well, you should ask that. Like, you're not even, you're a ghost. Like, what does it really yeah. matter? Well, I think it, um, uh, I don't know. I saw, I saw one person kind of talk about how, um, the fact that I think specifically that she can't tell like between the person that killed her and Gawain hmm. is like kind of supposed to be indicative of like this whole like honorable chivalrous knight person that he's trying to become is like maybe kind of you know the kind of person who will cut off somebody's head if they say no to to having sex with you hmm. kind of thing um hmm. so i guess that yeah i yeah that's one way to look at it i guess 
but I mean, it, to me, it just kind of seemed like she was one of the only people to kind of that weren't like <laughs> actively trying to kill him, like the burglar people. Mm. She was one of the kind of the only people to like call him out on him just kind of being selfish and like dumb. I don't know. It was his first. Well, that's not true. It wasn't his first wake up call. It kind of was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I just remember that like the whole the part where he's kind of holding her head and it kind of randomly goes back and forth between being a skull and being like her head talking to him was like really um like kind of yeah really just unsettling to me mm. <clears throat> yeah um, that's the first time that the fox is introduced right was at the end of that scene I don't remember where we'll see some of the It might it might seem like a detriment that like we can't remember the order of some things, <laughs> but um, I think well first of all ni neither one of us have it's been like a mu a Ooh, couple months, couple months since yeah. we've seen it, and um yeah and some of it like the order doesn't really matter because there's it's like this very dreamlike um yeah the whole movie is just very like surreal and has this dreamlike atmosphere so a lot of it i don't know do you ever like in a dream just kind of like i don't know i'm i'm trying to relate it directly to like how a, a dream feels um like somebody says something and then you remember like oh yeah that happened but it's like also this just completely bizarre dream thing um as in like like you're talking about real life Someone says something like a somewhat of a deja vu, or you're no, talking about like within, within the dream? A, within a dream, like you're, I don't know, um, like eating a picnic on top of an elephant, right? Uh -huh. And then somebody says, Oh, this reminds me of the time that, like, you murdered that baby seal. Yeah. And I'm like, and you're like, oh yeah, I did yeah, do that. Does. <laughs> and you're, <laughs> and you're like, wait, why would I ever do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Huh. But I don't know. That actually is a pretty good. Point. So like, yeah, the order of things. Maybe maybe I'm just trying to justify my like <laughs> bad memory, but like I think it. it the the fact that you kind of remember that things happened and like just how scenes play out as kind of encapsulated things 
is just as helpful to kind of looking at this movie as a whole as remembering beat for beat what happened one after the other. Yes and no, I'd say, because, I mean, I think I think there were some things that purposely happened, like, chronologically. Yeah, for sure. And for like, sure. That I mean, it's, it like, is a movie. <laughs> yeah. So, But, like, and actually, I guess to that point, as far as movies go, this was probably, like, the least chronological movie that I've ever seen. Like, it, you're right what you're saying. Like, it kind of almost doesn't matter. It's almost like I watched... Um, like one of those uh, DVDs you would have when you were a kid that had like multiple different little mini shorts mm. on it kind of thing. Yeah. That's like what I watched and I, it's almost like I could have just like hit shuffle and I still would have <laughs> gotten the gist, yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah. I, I would have been like, wait, why is there a fox there? And now there's not, you know, but I guess yeah. I kind of was still saying the same thing watching the movie chronologically. So I don't, yeah, I feel like the fox shows up before that because what i don't i don't actually remember oh, right in yes. the con in the context of the winifred part where the fox happens well it happens first uh, i could be wrong it happens first at uh, the end of the um like when he gets himself out of the bo- the bonds in the forest that's when mm. the, like, that's his little guy first and it just kind of looks at him and runs away mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. And then with Winifred, what was the thing that, like, when he went to the bottom of the river, or, oh, man, I don't remember exactly, but some I thought something happened where, like, a leaf turned into the fox, or, like, like all of a sudden just the fox just appeared from seemingly nothing. Yeah, well, there is this whole, like, there's kind of dust, I think, floating around in the lake, and he kind of it kind of turns into like stars mm-hmm. and is he he's just kind of randomly is like swimming through the cosmos <laughs> um and i think yeah there is like the fox kind of appears out of that that's right because I, like I it was supposed to be creepy like mm. it, it, the music was creepy anyway and like the obviously the dark ominous water was Creepy. Yeah, and there's like the a whole like red spotlight kind of being yes <laughs> beamed down into the water. The so most like, ominous two colors that yeah. exist. Well, black's not good, but anyway, yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's that's yeah, the foxes and at least and, I, th- I think I don't really again I don't really remember exactly, but I think that's kind of what how that plays out. I think so. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then the fox talks. Yeah. Does it talk at all before? Like, I feel like the first time is when he's, like, about to cross that river to actually go to the Green Chapel. Right? Yeah, I think so. And it it just kind of says, like, you're going to die. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it has been kind of like, yeah, there are parts where it was kind of like guiding him to different places. And um, and then at that point, he just kind of says, eh, I never needed your help anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, That's such an interesting... Did you remember in any of your... You or any of the YouTube videos you watched what the fox represented? 
I. Um. Well. I I don't know to be honest. I think. Well, when I was first watching it, I kind of read it as. Like maybe his mom was kind of talking through. Hmm. Um. Like it was another thing where she was kind of. Um. Yeah, it was another part of her like orchestrating it. Mm -hmm. I was kind of picking this fox to be like, yeah, just show up and guide him, and um, because like it it does it has this kind of weird like raspy voice. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I guess I I I don't know what made me think that, but I kind of it to me it seemed like oh it maybe is his mom kind of um, talking him through that. I, to me, the fox the fox seemed like it was um, a representation of like your survival instincts. Or not, oh man, that's tough to say. It's weird. Like, because we saw, maybe it was a representation of his ego. Because, like, we saw, like, he saw from the very start that this quest, this challenge was what his ego needed in order to, like, finally truly feel better about himself and what he was supposed to be doing with his life. Mm. And so this fox, like, even through the hardest of times, quote-unquote hardest, like, those nights where it was, like, cold and raining on the side of a mountain and that fox was there to keep him company, like, his ego was enough to get him all the way up until he actually was going to die. And mm. then as soon as he was going to die, his ego turns around and says, hey, dude, no. Yeah. Like, Stop it. <laughs> or however the raspy voice sounded. Like, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. And then he had to, like, he kind of, like, went through, like, a, like, an ego death kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, the first part of it, and, like... And then the second and final part was taking the sash off. Yeah. Because he did, like, I mean, he, like, threw rocks at the fox. That rhymed. That wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> you know, like, he was, like, ego death, you know, like. Yeah. Shooing it off. And then, but he wasn't, like, I guess he wasn't fully done yet. He still had to take the sash off, mm -hmm. but. That's also interesting too, because that the sash was never a part of him; it was placed on him. You know, like it. I guess now the fox was never a part of him either. But I guess like it wasn't like he, like he had to. It's almost like parallel to you have to shed. Um, like it's it's your it's your journey like getting a little bit more like into like life and reality like you have to like if if your mom wants you to not die but you need to die 
Yeah. That's obviously a very like relatable circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> but like if you know you need to die, then you're just like, oh, well, thank you, mom. But off with the sash. Yeah. Off with your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Because ego death, I don't know if you, that's like, um, I've reference. heard that, yeah, I've yeah. heard that talked about in the the context of like, yeah, kind of tripping on psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And this whole movie kind of feels like <laughs> a mushroom trip. We've talked about yeah. it before. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, but yeah, I know I, we might be kind of out of time here. I know we didn't really, we were kind of all over the place. Yeah. We can sum it up. Um, I mean, it's tough to sum that up. Kind of yeah. like we already did. I, I did. I would just say like, I, I mean, I, I think I said it before on here, but like, I I loved like absolutely everything about this movie. We didn't talk about like the individual like filmmaking elements. All there's tons of like great little lighting choices and like long takes. Um really yeah, just like odd camera moves and stuff and also yeah. Just the whole um that yeah just how it kind of envelops you in this like um crazy dream nightmare mushroom trip kind of world i i absolutely love that yeah yeah i'd agree i think i think it's a nice a really nice break from reality <laughs> yeah and I don't know if you, yeah, it's not like a, like a, oh, I need to watch this to feel good in spite no. of everything going on. It's just no. like, I need to, I, I am out of mushrooms. <laughs> so I need, <laughs> yeah. and I need to, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, disassociate in a different way. Yep. That's pretty much, that's, that's a great, that's exactly how I couldn't say it better. Yeah, I think uh I think I would I would um I'd be selective of who I recommend the movie to. But um you know, I definitely I definitely think it's yeah. worth a watch. If um yeah, if you are okay with weird movies, this is like a perfect weird movie. Yeah. Um weirdest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. It. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen a few different movies that are weird in different ways, but they probably are the same like amount of weird. Right. I don't know. Um. How many? How many? Um. Well, I give it. If we plug it into the flipometer. And the flipometer, by the way, is uh, flip phones. Yes. Like, um, is it a scale of five or ten? Five flip phones. Five flip phones. Okay. Um, okay. Five flip phones. And okay. I would pro I would probably say, 
like four and a half to five. I was like, gonna give it four and a half too. Yeah, like four fully open flip phones and then one flip phone like yes, like an L. That's like dude. Um, <laughs> did you did you ever try to like? I know I tried to do it with like my dad's phone when I was a kid. Like get it to kind of like stay halfway <laughs> yeah. open. Yeah. Yep. And then if like if you nudge it a little bit, it'll just yep close. Yep. yep. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd yeah, give it like four, four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the half is just for like ease of watching. It's not very easy to yeah, watch. Yeah, and I mean I don't know. Um, yeah, people, people, when they rate things are like hesitant to say, well, for, for me, it might be because of the illegible title cards. Yeah, that's actually, that's a really good point. That's um, a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty close to me having like there, there being like nothing wrong with it in my mind. Um. But yeah, definitely, it's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, cool. Right. Well, I guess that's so this was. What is this thing called? Terminally offline. Yep, terminally yep. offline. Okay. Um, uh, Nathan, I quote memes in real life, and Ben has a flip phone. That's true. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>